Today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. Simple. Preach the Word. That's it. Preach the Word. That's it. I mean, my goodness. I, if I had to muster up and manufacture this whole thing, I can't imagine living under the crushing weight of that pressure. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of 1 Thessalonians. In today's message, Pastor J.D. discusses that his job description is very simple. Preach the Word. When he says simple, he doesn't mean his job is easy. Simple refers to the fact that pastors and church leaders should preach the Word of God and nothing more. Stick with Jesus and what's written in the Bible. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, and our text will be verses 19 through 28 to the end of the chapter and the letter. The Apostle Paul writing to the church in Thessalonica, by the Holy Spirit says, verse 19, do not quench the Spirit. Do not, verse 20, treat prophecies with contempt, but test them all. Hold on to what is good. Reject every kind of evil, or as some of your translations render it, even the appearance of evil. May God Himself, verse 23, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He always puts that in. Verse 24, The one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. Brothers and sisters, pray for us. (laughs) Greet all God's people with a holy kiss. I charge you before the Lord to have this letter read to all the brothers and sisters, which is what they would do. The grace, verse 28, of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. So, I want to talk with you today about why it is that we as believers live defeated Christian lives needlessly, and even unnecessarily. And I say it like that for a reason. And the reason is, is that we as Christians already have the victory in Christ. And as such, we no longer 
have to live defeated Christian lives. As I was preparing this last week, it it struck me that this is one of those teachings that Satan doesn't want us to hear, let alone heed. I mean, he doesn't want us to hear any teaching or heed any word in the Word of God, but this one in particular. And the reason is, is because he's all about keeping us down, defeated. He seeks to defeat us and destroy us. He's like this roaring lion, we're told, who roams and stalks us, and he's looking for an optimum time to pounce on us so as to destroy us. Here's the thing, it's it's really an irony of ironies. He's the defeated foe, not us. But He doesn't want us to live like we have the victory. We already have the victory. Now walk in it. Walk in it. Live like it. Live in it. If you'll kindly allow me to, I want to share with you three ways. And I took this approach uh, after really seeking the Lord in prayer this last week. (laughs) There was a couple of different ways I could have, I think, expounded and taught the text, but I really sensed that the Lord would have me to take this approach and share with you three ways that we as Christians forfeit the victory, forfeit the victory that's already ours in Christ. The first one is in verses 19 through 22, and it's that we quench the Holy Spirit. It should be noted that this is different than what Paul says to the Ephesians in chapter 4, verse 30, about grieving the Holy Spirit. I'll explain. Grieving the Holy Spirit is saying or doing anything that causes Him sorrow or pain. Now this presupposes that we know that the Holy Spirit is a person. The person of the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Holy Trinity, if you will, indwells us. Do you know what that means? (laughs) He has to be a person in order to be grieved. Just like we can bring grief to somebody we love or loves us, so too can we grieve, sadden, bring sorrow and pain to the person of the Holy Spirit who indwells us by something we say or do or watch, a conversation that we have, and the Holy Spirit is just going, no, no, no. That grieves my heart so, that grieves me so. That's grieving the Holy Spirit. What about quenching the Holy Spirit? 
Well, quenching the Holy Spirit is saying or doing anything that puts out the fire of the Holy Spirit, and thus the power of the Holy Spirit. Here's the thing. Think about this. This can happen in one of two ways, either by extinguishing or neglecting. So the Holy Spirit is like a fire, the fire of the Holy Spirit. Think about it like that. You have this fire. You could put that fire out. You can douse it, cover it, pour water on it, you extinguish it. But you can also put that fire out another way, by neglecting it. I think about what the Apostle Paul wrote to Timothy about, keep stoking the embers of the fire of the Holy Spirit in that gift of the Holy Spirit in you. You've got to keep it burning. If you neglect it and you don't do it, it's going to go out just by virtue of you neglecting it. And again, please keep in mind, I don't want to give the enemy (laughs) too much credit or coverage, but I have to tell you that this is what he's all about, because he knows that the Holy Spirit indwelling the believer is the power source. He knows he's a defeated foe, but he also knows that the greatest threat we pose to the powers of darkness is the power of the Holy Spirit. And perhaps we need look no further as to why it is that we're rendered powerless in our Christian lives. I mean, of course. We've extinguished the power source. We've suppressed, we've quenched, we've grieved, we've hindered the power source, the power of the Holy Spirit, which is the source of power in the Christian life. This second one in verses 23 and 24 by any stretch of the imagination, would seem like a firm grasp of the obvious, because once you've extinguished the power source, you've quenched the power of the Holy Spirit, then what are you going to do? Oh, you've got to manufacture power. You have to do it in your own strength. And this is really the second way that we forfeit our victory. The victory that's already ours. We try to do it ourselves. I always pray, Lord, if I'm planning to say something you would not have me to say, you need to show me so I don't say it. And conversely, if I'm not planning to say something that you would have me to say, you've got to quicken my heart and my mind so that I will say it. So this is what the Lord impressed upon my heart today. This is not just on a personal level, where we as Christians have this propensity to live defeated lives when the victory is already ours in Christ. 
But how about on the corporate level as it relates to the church? Stay with me. Talk about grieving the Holy Spirit (laughs) and even quenching the Holy Spirit. I wonder when a church has to rely on this manufactured energy. They're ministering in their own strength, and you've got all these programs, all the flash and the splash, which I believe comes as a result of the lack of, even the absence of, the Holy Spirit. So the litmus test for me is at the end of the day when somebody will come up to me and say, wow, that was powerful. And they're looking at me going, and it wasn't you. (laughs) You had nothing to do with it. You were only the mouthpiece. It was the Lord met me here. The Lord met me here. The Lord ministered to me here. The Lord spoke to me here. The Lord is here. I don't get up here and try to put on a show. To me, and I, please (laughs) don't misunderstand me when I say this, but when you don't have the power of the Holy Spirit, you've got to make up for it. In order to make up for it, you've got to come up with stuff. See, one of the most freeing truths for me, and you know it's truth when it's freeing, one of the most freeing truths for me is that it's not on me. There's no pressure. All I have to do is be faithful and allow, I like to say it this way, give the Holy Spirit elbow room. Listen, if it were up to me and the pressure was on me to keep your attention, shoot me now. That's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit does that. Let me take it a step further. If the pressure was on me to grow the church, to fall prey to this whole church growth movement, oh my goodness, if you could only see my email inbox, I get inundated with these ministries, 10 ways to grow your church. I'm like, what? Let me see. I don't, don't, that's not, that's not what we do. That's not, could you imagine if it was on me to grow the church? I mean, you know what? Just shoot me now. Because that's, that's too much pressure. I can't, it's impossible. I can't do that. The Lord does that. The Lord adds to the church as many as should be saved. There's no pressure on me. You know what my job description is? It's actually very simple. It might be too simple. Don't make simple synonymous with easy. Not easy. Simple. Preach the Word. That's it. Preach the Word. That's it. I mean, my goodness, I, 
If I had to muster up and manufacture this whole thing, I can't imagine living under the crushing weight of that pressure. It's the Holy Spirit. When I come up here and I put my hands right here, uh, the Lord and I have this arrangement of sorts. As soon as my hands are on the pulpit, I say, okay, Lord, you take control. You control me, you empower me, you anoint me, and I hope this doesn't sound weird, but you possess me. I'm possessed by (laughs) the Holy Spirit. Now, I'm going somewhere with this. Some of you are saying, I sure hope so, because, (laughs) but this is one of those places in God's Word where I think it's helpful to note where the emphasis is. And I'll explain what I mean. So Paul is saying that God Himself will sanctify you. He is faithful through and through. And then he says this, and it can be easily missed at first read. He says, He will do it. The implication? You can't do it. It's not, He will do it. I don't think the emphasis is on will. He will do it. I don't think the emphasis is on do. He will do it. I don't think the emphasis is on it. I think the emphasis is on He. He will do it. Not you. Not you. (laughs) You can't. He can. Let Him. By the way, I just gave you the three-step program. Step one, realize you can't. Step two, know He can. Step three, let Him. Let Him. Get out of His way. Get out of His way. We had a pastor's meeting here recently, and all the pastors were going around kind of sharing a little bit about what God's doing. And when it came to me, I just, I said, Lord, Lord, I don't know what to share, because, I mean, you did it all. You're doing this. I mean, I'm just, you know, kind of along for the ride, and, and I'm just staying out of your way. And the Lord said, well, share that. So I did. It was really short, me being brief. That was a miracle unto itself. But I just very briefly and simply said, you know, one of the things when I step back from all of this, and I really get a a proper perspective, what I realize is the best thing I can do is stay out of God's way and let Him do it. He is faithful. He will do it. I mean, let's be honest with ourselves, shall we? In and of ourselves, we are absolutely incapable of doing anything apart from Him, especially and chiefly concerning our sanctification. Sanctification is a a word that basically means to be set apart. 
here's an illustration, best illustration I heard on it. Uh, a wedding dress, it is set apart. Uh, you could say sanctified. It's not, it's not something you're going to wear every day. No, it's set apart for a special occasion. That's what it means to be sanctified, to be purified, to be set apart. So is it on me to sanctify myself? No. I think about when Paul writes to the churches in Galatia, he says, what are you guys doing? What does it matter with you? He doesn't say it like that, but it's a loose paraphrase. He, he says, who has bewitched you? Apparently you've been brought under this spell, and now you're trying to complete, perfect that which was begun in the Spirit. You're trying to do it yourself in the flesh. It won't happen. It can't happen. He will do it. Let Him. Stay out of His way. And again, here's the thing, and I don't want to harp on this. I want to get to this third one, which is really, it just kind of puts a bow on the whole package, if I can say it like that. But I do want to say this, and it applies really in every arena of life, in our marriages, in our homes, especially in the ministry, <laughs> in the church. You have to rely upon the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit. You need the power of the Holy Spirit, because absent the power of the Holy Spirit, it's not long before you find yourself trying to operate in the energy of your own flesh, and that is a recipe for disaster. Disaster. One last thing. I know I said already that was the last one, but there's one last thought here. <laughs> I love it when people ask me, um, wow, you know, you guys are really blessed. And, you know, what they're really asking me, but without saying it, they're saying, uh, what's the secret to your success? I love it. Even when they don't ask it, I'm going to try to answer it. <laughs> because you know what my answer is? God chooses the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. Have you seen my resume? I don't even actually have a resume, but even if I did have a resume, not very impressive. Nothing wrong with an impressive resume. God doesn't call the qualified, as it's been said. He qualifies the call. And God will call and choose and use the least and the last. The early churches had a lot to learn about Jesus. His life, death, and resurrection was still a fairly recent event when they were established. And many of the books of the Bible you have today weren't yet written. Pastor J.D. has been walking with you through one such book, a letter penned by the Apostle Paul to the Thessalonian church. This letter was meant to encourage as well as teach, and it continues to do so today. As you were listening, you may have realized that you too have more to learn about Jesus and how He can change your life. If you have any questions or are ready to take steps toward salvation, we want to invite you to visit InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. Pastor J.D. has simplified the gospel into the ABCs of salvation. These are the basics that everyone needs to know. 
Just click the link on our website and you'll see how easy it is to begin a brand new relationship with Jesus. Know that we're praying for you too here at In Spirit and Truth. We'd love to hear from you and we're available if you have any more questions about faith. Just click on the contact form under About at our website and you can email us using the form there. If you're in the Kaneohe area, we'd love to have you join us for our worship services. Bring your friends and family along too. It's a great time of fellowship and learning about God. Find out more about Calvary Chapel Kaneohe at our website. Again, that's inspiritandtruthradio.com. Thanks for being part of our time here today, and we hope you'll tune in again to continue studying the book of 1 Thessalonians right here on In Spirit and Truth. Holy me true.